Hello, welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Mayer, and today we're going to talk about two books that are technically not thrillers, but actually they kind of are. Um, In their tone and pacing and content, um, they both have a mystery, but their primary purpose is not just to be a whodunit. You'll see what I mean. The first book is one of the biggest books of this past summer. It's called The Plot by Jean Hamp Coralitz. And the second book is When the Stars Go Dark, which is a big departure for um, Paula McLean, who is best known for her historical novels, uh, namely The Paris Wife. And this book is also really interesting because it draws a lot upon her own personal and difficult past. So before we get into the books, I want to talk with you about some things that I'm watching and listening to right now. So the first thing I want to talk about is a show that I'm really enjoying called Hacks on HBO. This show stars Jean Smart, who is having quite the career resurgence right now. From her, uh, you'll know her from Designing Women, and she played um, the hard-driving mother in Mayor of Easttown. And in this, she plays. Um, it's supposed to be apparently a veiled um, kind of. Uh, take on Joan Rivers. And what it is, is she is an aging comedian with a residency in uh, Las Vegas, and she is washed up. She just really isn't that funny anymore, but she can't really see her way out of it. And she's about to have her residency canceled. So her agency, uh, her agent, and kind of a last ditch effort, pairs her with a young kind of very impulsive um, woman named Ava, and she is played by Hannah Einbinder. And she, what this woman does, this young woman does, is she just puts something she really shouldn't out on Twitter and gets canceled in a second, like can happen. And her only chance for rehabilitation or for any job at all is to be sent by her agent, they share a mutual, mutual agent, to Las Vegas to try and write, um, she's a writer, to write jokes for um, the character Deborah Vance, played by Jean Smart, and try and rehabilitate her career. So, as you can imagine, it's an Oscar and Felix situation. Um, Deborah doesn't think she needs the help, and Ava is full of eye rolls and just can't believe she's here. But as you can also probably guess, uh, a friendship starts to form, and I really like this show. Okay, so the second thing I'm going to talk about is a podcast that I'm really enjoying and it's called The Moth. And what The Moth is, is it's a compilation of the best of The Moth Radio Hour, which is a radio program that features um, stories that they say aren't prominent enough to make the headlines, but enough to make heads turn. 
And what this is, is the Radio Hour was founded in 1997 by Georgia native and New York resident and novelist George Dawes Green. I'm going to guess that uh, George was a little lonely in New York City and probably pining a bit for his hometown or his home state. And what he did was he wanted to recreate the feeling of a sultry summer evening where moths were attracted to the light on the porch where he and his friends would gather and tell, tell stories. And so this podcast is, uh, contains, each one contains like three to four uh, mini stories. And this what this is, it's very similar to a poetry slam. If you've ever been to a poetry slam where people stand up on a live mic and just tell their truth through poetry. And this is the same, but it's not poetry. It's a short story. And what the moth does is they hold these moth slams all over the United States where people get up with the open mic and tell these stories. And this podcast is sort of the best of each one. And so I turned into an tuned into an episode called Doctors, Judgments, and Dictators, and it just ran the gamut. It included a story about a Boston University nerd from Saudi Arabia who's falsely accused of planting a bomb on a train and what he goes through and and where he goes to get support. Um, There's another story about an Irishman with a love of speaking but he's got a terrible stammer that he can't fix. And so he talks about that. Uh, There's a guy who learned Arabic in school and he only took the class in university because it was an afternoon class and he really didn't want to get up for Spanish um, and French. And because he knows Arabic, he ends up brokering a deal with one of the world's most notorious dictators and a controversial former United States president. So check that out if you want um, some storytelling in your life. And I have said this before, that podcasts are great for information, like hopefully why you're listening to me, um, and entertainment. And this is that. This is just, it'll take you on a journey. And it's quite amazing. In 10 minutes, you can go on a complete ride with someone. And um, it's a special podcast. And I don't, did I mention this? It's, it has 50 million downloads a week and it makes it the biggest, one of the biggest podcasts anywhere in the world. So that's a bit of a recommendation. Okay, let's get to the books. So the first book we're going to talk about is The Plot. And The Plot ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um, It's a campus novel, which I have come to learn I really love. And it's also got a bit of a mystery, but it's not a hardcore mystery. So those two things together um, are quite appealing. It is written by Jean Hampf Corlitz, who is, he's, she's been a longtime writer. And she wrote a book that was the basis for The Undoing with Nicole Kidman. She also wrote the book and I think the screenplay for Admission, which is a send up on getting into Ivy League schools. It was this book was one of the most hyped books of summer, and in my opinion, it, it lives up to it. Uh, it's it's um, the hype. It was it's it's fairly long, but it's a super page turner, and it's um, I just I couldn't put it down. A little side note about this book: uh, my book club actually uh, 
did this book. And it was quite funny. I got a bit roasted um, when we were discussing whether to choose this book because somebody said, Amy, tell us what this book is about when we were trying to decide. And, you know, like a singer might just break into song, but if you ask me to describe a book, I can go on a bit long. I don't just give you one or two sentences that you're probably looking for, but I can go on and on. And I did a bit of that and everyone got kind of, well, people got a little mad at me because they thought I was spoiling the book, but in fact I wasn't. And uh, one of the things I do try and do is I really, with this podcast, I want to give you all the information you need to decide whether or not you want to read the book or not. And I try really hard not to spoil um, the ending or the major themes. And But that is more of an art. It's not a science. So anyway, it did come out later that everyone agreed that I did not spoil it, but I was a bit on the hot seat there. Okay, so the book. So I heard this author interviewed, and she said this idea came out because she was sitting with her agent and working on another book that wasn't going anywhere. And so she just mentioned this idea, and the agent was like, this is it. And she said it was born out of the idea of an author's biggest fear is accidentally plagiarizing. And that is because um, authors and writers are readers. And you've they've been reading their whole life and they grab little bits from here and there, just like a fashion designer, just like a, a visual artist. Like where who owns an idea and where does an idea come from? And that is really at the heart of this book. And so what the story is, it is about um, a washed up professor of a creative writing program, kind of a no-name uh, creative writing program at the mythical Ripley College in Vermont. Um, it's actually supposed to be named after a real or based on a real uh, university, but I don't know which one it is. And uh, the teacher's name is Jacob Finch Bonner, and he has this very cocky student who tells him, I don't need to listen to you. I really don't need to pay attention to my courses because I already have a surefire hit on my hands. And so one day he shares the plot of his story that he's planning to write. And he says, if I write this plot, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to end up on Oprah. I'm going to be a household name. I'm going to have riches beyond belief. And Jacob is kind of jealous. And he has written a book, but it didn't really go anywhere. And so a couple years later, he looks up this guy to see, did he ever write this book? What happened? And he finds out that he's passed away. So then he thinks for probably a split second, what should I do? And then he decides to write the book himself. So he writes this book and it becomes very popular. And that's the story. So that's all I'm going to say about the plot. And what I would say is once um, it gets going, it becomes, once he writes that story and starts to go out to promote it, he gets a one-word email from someone or one-sentence email that says, I know what you've done. You're a thief. So it 
From there, it becomes a twisty, turny tale. There's travel involved. Um, you don't know who's telling the truth. And this guy has to deal with what he's done. And he knows someone wants revenge, and he doesn't know how quite how to get out of it. So that's that book. So check it out. I really enjoyed it. It's a, it would be a great book um, for vacation or just... Um, I, I thought it was just a wonderful book. Okay, so the next book I'm going to talk about is called When the Stars Go Dark by Paula McLean. Now, this book is a thrill, I call it a thriller light with a message. Um, it is about a troubled missing persons detective named Anna Hart who is having problems in her own life. So she leaves work and goes to Mendocino, where she spent some very formative years, and tries to mend her life. And while she's there, concurrent to while she's there, a young woman uh, in the foster system goes missing. So that really strikes a chord with her because she herself was a part of the foster system. And... What makes this book really unique is Paula McLean herself spent her entire childhood in the foster system, which is quite shocking um, considering how far she's gone with her life. And she's actually written about it in a book called Like Family, Growing Up in Other People's Houses. So what she wanted to do with this book was explore her own past and um, talk about some of these children. So what I would say, the first thing about this book, what I did struggle with, she has written The Paris Wife and also, which is about um, Hemingway's wife, damaged wife Hadley. And then she went on to write one of my favorite books of all time and definitely my favorite historical novel called Circling the Sun uh, about the aviator Beryl Markham who was a side character in Out of Africa. And that alternates between Africa and England, and it's just lush and beautiful and romantic and daring. Um, This book is nothing like those books. It's a complete 180. And what I struggled with a bit was just that it wasn't, when you love a book so much, it can be hard to then, and you're following an author, it can be hard to let them change and grow. And it reminded me a little bit of Anne Patchett, who I love and I bet you do too. Um, Her beloved book, Bel Canto, it's really hard to top. Um, She did also write State of Wonder, which I absolutely loved, which is a take on The Heart of Darkness. But then she went on and she wrote this book called The Dutch House, which a lot of people like, but I just didn't like it as much as some of her previous work, so I found that hard. Um, And this is more just, I had to allow me to see Paula in a new light. And, but it's, it's worth the journey with her. And um, so a little bit more about the book. The book is set in Mendocino, It's a sort of uh, northern town on the coast, and it sounds a bit windswept and eerie. And in this book, she has one of the focus at the 
focuses at the beginning of each chapter, she has a different vantage point of the statue that sits atop the savings and loan um, building in the downtown, and it's called Time and the Maiden. And it's a creepy statue that plays the same role as, if you'll recall, the statue in on the cover of The Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil with that young girl with her arms stretched out. I think it's like a birdbath. That, that statue is a birdbath. So, and the, the history behind the statue, because of course, if anything having to do with art history, I got to check it out a bit more. And it's actually... Um, was built by the Masons. And this savings and loan building in the late 1800s was actually a Masonic temple. And apparently, the Masons still operate on the second floor. But the statue, even though it went on to become a bank, is still, these statues are still there. They're carved out of redwood, a redwood trunk. They're painted white. And they're known as the Time and the Maiden. And it's Father Time, and there's also a weeping maiden. And I don't really know what they mean, but there are symbols of the Mason culture and unique to them. But they do, they are kind of creepy and eerie and makes me kind of want to visit the town and check it out. Uh, more about the book. So this book also draws heavily on the polyclass case, which also took place in Petaluma in Northern California the same year that the book is set. And the reason why the book was set, the book is set in 1993, which is kind of an interesting time period because you don't call that historical fiction, but it's definitely in the past. And what the author herself said is the reason why she said it then, she randomly picked the 90s, but she said it was really important to her that this book had to be pre-DNA, pre-cell phone, and before the internet because it would, it otherwise you could just look things up on the internet and it would just be easier to solve. And so that's why it was set at that time. And what I wanted to conclude is talk about, oh, two more things, one more thing I wanted to say. The reason why this book is called When the Stars Go Dark is uh, Paula McLean said, referring to, children of uh, child abuse or children in the foster system survivors is that the everyone is born with a bright light and in occasionally you know one in ten kids or maybe more uh, they don't have a good go of things and that light gets snuffed out and so what she's explaining kind of being trying to be an advocate or shine a light on some some of these children that go through difficult times and that we need to pay attention. And then what I wanted to do is conclude with Paula's own uh, talk about this book and what it really meant to her to be able to write it. And this is what she says in the afterward. Anna Hart's pain has led her to her path, her destiny, and mine has led me precisely here to these characters, real and imaginary, to the fern forest, dripping with fog, to the bluffs above the roaring Pacific, to the cabin in the deep dark woods, and into the very heart of this book, which is as personal as anything I have written. The carving of time in the maiden stands stark and white on the plinth above the village, just as it has for over a hundred years. 
You can meet me there and we can walk together towards the bluff, talking as the wind carries our voices further and further on. So with that, I wanted to conclude our um, this edition of the Red Firm Book Review. And I wanted to thank you so much for joining and encourage you, if you've enjoyed this podcast, to uh, give me a review on Apple Podcasts and also share it with your friends. And I will invite you to tune in next week for the next edition. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later.